not JMU. What's going on, guys? We got an episode of Ball Noir Sports. We know ball. Y'all don't. Do we? Apparently, we no, do we not know ball. <laughs> Maybe we don't. It's rivalry week. It just came to an end. And Jesus Christ, that was um, that was, that was fun. That was fun. Yeah, I'm gonna be honest. There were a lot of entertaining games. Loved them. The stupidity, the the fights, the stupidity mainly. The passion, <laughs> really, primarily the stupidity. Got acclimated with all of this bullshit after I watched just the first game of the day. But uh. Let's get going. What game should we start out with? Because frankly, I don't really care what game we start out with. Uh, let's start out with let's start out with the crappy games. Okay. Uh, Missouri kills yeah. Arkansas on Friday. Oh, yeah, I watched that, that game. Being completely honest, the only two things that stood out to me were one, uh, what, what is the name? Uh, Fletcher. Who's the running back? The uh, running back, Trader. Uh, Trader. Yeah. Dude needs to get so much praise. He was a walk on, and he is like fourth in rushing yards in the country he's insane and he's it was a walk-on he was be quiet I, i'm just saying it's a rarity like it's a rarity to see those players succeed we also gave bennett his props like i wasn't bennett here was i wasn't here then so just but wait oh fuck dude pack leave Rich, he'll, yeah. he'll keep, it's fine okay pack but anyways one. just the fact that he was able to do that even against arkansas was impressive i feel a little bad for kj because dude did not have well, any well, Arkansas has a really good D line, so that's what really makes it impressive. Like I know, Arkansas, they were loading box, and they still ran it down their throats. It looked like the Falcons versus the Saints. It didn't matter who they put there; they just run them over every time. Cordell Patterson owned them, but uh, good for Missouri. Y'all got to ten wins. Shrinkwitz, glad to see that you amounted to something. You went from the fans absolutely hating you to absolutely loving you, they aka the Norvell effect. Yes. So, props. Or, Why did they, they hate him? him? I would say Dude. they hated him, but they were like kind of getting annoyed. Dude, Drinkwitz was absolutely like hated. We are in right now. Everybody like hated him. I can tell you right now. Everybody wanted him fired. I'm so confident in saying that. And also, Brady Cook. I mean, you went from being a quarterback that we made fun of on this show to being actually pretty damn respectable. The quarterback that's uh, not being made fun of. He just doesn't. He just doesn't throw picks this year. Like his pick, he didn't really his, throw that many picks that last year, though. He only threw like seven. Still, though, he was. Oh, Pat, that's can you, seven picks. Might be because you're muted for one. Seven but, picks is not that bad. Can't unmute your guest. The mic isn't connected. Yeah, there we go. Um, that's but, like that's almost I, a pick in every SEC game. It literally. It was like as if it's like as if you told Jameis at. Tampa Bay, stop throwing picks because once you do, you notice a difference. Except Jameis couldn't do it, Brady Cook did. Well, so good. He threw seven last year in 13 games, and he threw six in 12 games this year. Well, I will say if you look at the turnover percentage or not percentage, um, the turnover possibility, well, what's that stat- statistic called the where it's turnover, like, like- Turnover, like turnover worthy plays. His turnover worthy plays are way down this year. That's what I'm saying. I, yeah, yeah, I get what it's you're a saying. Lot better. Like maybe interceptions wasn't a maybe, good example. But just, maybe I shouldn't have said picks. Maybe I should have said turnover worthy plays. Yeah, fumbles. Yeah. I feel like, yeah because he doesn't he doesn't just throw it up in the double coverage anymore. He makes he's just smarter. He makes better decisions. Simple as that. He's just yeah. not cooked anymore. Yeah, he went from Brady cooked to just Brady Cook. Good for him. And we need, uh, we need a Jake on this episode to talk about Peyton Thorne. We do. He could talk Dude. about how Peyton, 
You know what? Let's go. I know you said shitty games. I, I really want to talk about no, them. No, no, no. We got to save that for a We just got to save it. Okay, fine, fine. We got to save um, it. Okay. I'm going right, to pull up. All right. I get, I get something. Let's, let's do no, this game. Let's do this game. I just want to tell everyone, all five people that listen to the show, um, <laughs> every time Jack gets on the show and picks Florida to win and then they lose, he does he not doesn't. show up. To be fair, though, he did have a valid excuse. Oh, I'm tired from driving. Boo fucking who. I, I, drove, eight, I drove eight hours a day. Hell, I've I drove eight hours and I've still made the episode. Boo who. Womp womp, make the episode. Womp There's a womp. reason this has happened. So, I mean, like, I do kind of feel bad for Florida because they had to play Damian George at right tackle. That's fair. Or at, not at right tackle. Not at right tackle. They had to play him at left tackle. Even though our, our line played well, I will admit I sympathize because, like, you know, Jared, Jared Verse against Damian George is just yeah. You're asking for sacks. I I don't blame him there. I feel, but I well, say, I don't feel bad for Florida. I feel bad for Max Brown. Yeah, let's let's clarify this. Yeah, because he 100%. didn't get the chance that he deserved in terms no. of where he was at. But I will say, if you notice a little bit of a trend here, every person who picked Florida isn't here oh wow interesting well hmm. i would have i would have picked florida until i saw that their left tackle was out and i was like oh no no shot there's not a chance like, one of the things about this game that like stood out to me was i was right yet i was wrong because on one hand i said if mike doesn't change the play calling they're gonna lose he didn't change the play calling and they won that i couldn't believe that well like he made some altercations, or I mean, um, alter, alterations, altercations. Well, alter- he always where... makes second half adjustments, so I don't know. Yeah, if... I was completely wrong on the way that they were going to win, but I was still right on. The so play. here's the thing: I'll tell you what he did differently. Why? Why did they run the real offense in the first half? That's my question. So why did they try? Was different. Like so, on one hand, they implemented this double guard pull where you'd move the quarterback one way or the mm-hmm. other and it's then moving pocket and to throw the ball. Yeah. That's how they got that Johnny Wilson pass. That was new. So I'll give you credit there. You, you that's in the, that was in the second half though. Yeah. Well, like they should have been a, play was in the end of the first or it was the end of the first half. Like I thought right they scored on that drive. They did score in that. It was the drive. Well, where they got okay. Even, even, even though they ran that in the first half, they did that the entire a lot in the second half too. Yeah, the move, the moving pocket stuff, and exactly. they, sh- and I don't know why they didn't just do that the whole game. They tried to run like their straight up Travis so, offense in the first quarter, and that's what I'm saying. That was a problem. Why? I don't get it. Why? I don't, I don't know. Frankly, you I didn't... thought that the play calling was pretty subpar in this game when I was watching it, which is why I thought them winning was surprising because. There are well, a few things that I stood mean, out, one of which was, I'll give you credit. The one thing I will give credit for was they continued with the run game, even when it may not work at times. And it was really because Benson wasn't hitting the holes. The holes were there. He just would be way too patient like Le'Veon Bell and he not and he just, you know, go backwards. He didn't. But once he started to actually find those holes and just go with it, they'd get yards and they get touchdowns as a result. But whenever, whenever y'all run power with. The Auburn guard in the game, Keandre Jones. He started this yes. game. It's the first time it's ever yes, happened. Yes, because y'all were running power. That was the game plan to run power. Yeah, I and wish we had 
Robert if he would game because that is a big left tackle that helps a lot with how we run to the left side, which was kind of blocked early on. But the adjustment that was made that I really liked was they went from pulling one guard to pulling both of the guards because what they do is what originally it would just be Jones or Emmanuel. Well, that pull. backup left tackle was very good at crashing down on that three yeah. tech. So you would have to pull both guards to reach the end and the linebacker. So that was a really yeah. good adjustment. 100%. But I the didn't thing watch is, any of the games sadly. Alluding back to the point, though, the reason I'm surprised that like the, the play calling didn't change that much was early in the first half mainly, because, again, second-half team they always have been, Norvell was making, a, as Will said, a Jordan-Travis offense where like it yeah. was very – it required Tate to move a decent bit by himself and notice when the pocket would collapse, and I just – I didn't understand why we wouldn't just run max protection most of the time. Like it, Tate, Tate probably hasn't taken first-team reps since either the bye week or fall camp. Yeah, I mean, and, like, and you want him to run that offense? You can't do that. Like I was telling people, go back to the Memphis offense, get an offense where he's able to actually, yeah, run that like, BS offense. Norvell ran at Memphis; it would work. And I still Dude, think that was the most insane offense ever. You had Tony. I mean, Pollard like as your RB. Dude, just just put um, Jaheim Bell in that Antonio Gibson role. And yes. just roll with it. Yes. I think we Rodemaker can do that. A lot more. We didn't get Morlock the ball once. Because when you look at the game, when Tate had a clean pocket, he'd make some pretty damn good throws. Like, I would argue there was a couple of throws that he'd made that Travis would not make. And that's He has a better play. arm. Yeah, exactly. And you but can he's not as it. consistent. The thing is, though, you can work with It's fine him. for next year. Yeah. Like, it's probably not gonna it might not be fine against louisville or in a playoff or in a new year six but it is fine for next year for him to be inconsistent right now future with it i see how this team could progress so this is florida state fans might not like this take but getting rodemaker these reps now is more valuable to your program than losing in a blowout with jordan travis in the playoffs I'm not entirely mad about that take. I'll be real. Because you're getting him valuable time to mm-hmm. learn an offense and develop. Because the thing is, before the Travis injury, nobody had any idea who the QB was going to be next year. People were thinking it could be a transfer. It could be Tate. It could be it, gonna be it could be Luke, for all we know. We didn't know. And then yeah, once this you. happened, and then Tate came in for North Alabama and just now played Bant- or, um, Florida, almost everybody's saying Tate's the guy. That's who we're going to roll with. Well, especially in the second half, he just, I mean, like there was, of course, the drops that happened. Okay, were, whatever. Um, like to Keon, to Johnny, I'm going to be real. The team was letting him down. He They were. Okay, in the first quarter, I'm going to kind of blame that on Norvell. The second quarter. The Norvell, like first half blunder from Norvell. The this, timeout that he called this, right before. Yeah. <laughs> That was a Mario Mario level blunder. That was a fireable offense. Like I would go as far to say as if we lost by a field goal because of that call, I would have legitimately said you got to fire Norvell. If you lost, if you lost this game and then the next two, that would have been a fireable offense. Yes, because that was a rookie mistake. You never should do that. Hundred percent. So Norvell has a bad 
uh, oh shit moment about once every 11 games, I'm going to say. And at least you'll have it on an 11-game break before the next I'm hoping that's that was it. Because that was it. That was it. Yeah, that was awful. (laughs) But Like, he had one last year against NC State, too. Mm. The whole game was just like that. The fade to Mm -hmm. uh, Pittman when they should have ran the ball. Yep, that was our last, like, blunder. On, on, like, the fourth and one, running a a goal line fade on your own 30s. I, and it wasn't even to your tall receiver. It was to your shortest guy. Yeah, it was, it was to the, like, 5'11 guy. You're like, yeah. <laughs> like, point is, Norvell is, in my opinion, and this is coming from a huge Florida State. He's a top player. 10 coach. He's a top 10 coach, but he's not even but a top 25 play caller. He's I would like go that far. Nine. <laughs> like, it, that's also true. Like, his ability to bring in culture, to develop, to recruit, all that Honestly, stuff. Honestly, to make second-half adjustments. It's just, In the adjustments, yeah. It's only the play calling early on with the slow starts that really like show his weakness because he has awful first quarter play calling. Like even against Clemson. Yeah. Like you think the one game, game, the two games or one, two, three, the three most important games of their season, LSU, Florida, Clemson. All had slow starts in the first half, mostly the first quarter. And there's no surprise. You suck in the first quarter. You feel the other team out in the second. With and that then, feeling out, they make adjustments at halftime. They come out of halftime running the stuff that works in the second quarter. And then you start to get it going. Yeah. yeah. Well, why don't you just speed that process up and move the second quarter to the first? Exactly. Thing uh, is, th- th- this will be a real big test in the Louisville game this weekend because it's going to really show, can you win a actually pretty – against a pretty good defense with the team that is still trying to figure out their new QB and, and new offense. If you, this will be a good transition. Louisville's already been prepping for Florida state. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Because you can tell that game. Why can't, can, why can't Louisville ever win that game? Cause like, uh, it's a curse. I think it's a curse. Yeah. It's a, it's a big curse. We've talked about the Florida Florida State game enough. We can transition to the Louisville one. All I'm going to say to end it is Florida, you're not going bowling, uh, Schmiel. All the Florida fans, womp womp. Y'all, y'all doubt me. Florida, doubt how do you, how do you feel about letting Jacksonville State into a bowl game? How do you feel about letting JMU into a bowl game? You did it. For that, was South, that was South Carolina. That was South Carolina. Oh, that was South Carolina. But still, Jacksonville State. Good job. A little bit of full circle, but Louisville. Um. I want to ask both of y'all a question here. Do y'all oh. think that game was more because they were looking ahead to Florida State or yes. because it's just the rivalry game and that's how it's been? Both. Was Louisville, Kentucky? Louisville, Kentucky? Yeah. If you were to oh, pick yeah, one I, or the other, like which one has I, more effect? If I had to pick one or the other, I'd probably like, uh, you could say both, just ahead. which one had more effect. Probably the look ahead. Nah, okay. I, I, yeah. what, was the, what was the other one? Looking ahead Florida State or it With being a rivalry. Like a rivalry game, it's always I think it's close. just a rivalry because this has been going on for the past like few years. Hmm. For for me, oh, I oh, agree before. with both. Like I also agree with Will. And yeah, the I think it's both. But, but this Louisville team is just so much better than this version of Kentucky. Yeah. The like the first thing that really showed out to me was how Jack Plummer is such a liability. They just they just it's not even that. They just looked unprepared to play Kentucky's offense. They looked like they didn't have a plan. I agree because being real, 
Kentucky didn't do anything special. They didn't no. do anything new that, like, you know, got them thinking a little bit. They just ran their usual game plan, and it worked. And that confuses me because, because typically when that happens, you should do just fine. Louisville will probably hold Florida State to about probably – how many points did they score? 38? They'll probably They'll hold, hold Florida State to less than 38 points, and you'll be like, well, how'd they do that? Yeah, because they've been prepping for two weeks. Yeah. I mean, like – I think it's kind of like the Auburn thing. Like, how'd you lose in New Mexico State? Because I had no idea what the fuck Mexico State was doing. Yeah, because they had genuinely. They they were preparing for Bama. It looked like they sold on this game, and that confused. They looked the the, basically the thought process that was, we'll just out talent Kentucky. We'll just be the better team, and that's not going to happen. Won't really be necessary. That's not going to happen against a Mark Stoops team. You have Kirby Smart said this in his. Uh, pregame for Kentucky two years ago. If you look ahead, it, we were about to play number eight Arkansas at home. And he was like, well, y'all need to stop overlooking this Kentucky team because if we overlook this team, we're going to lose. And then mm-hmm. they almost beat us in 2021. Yeah. So it's kind of like that game. Like you can't overlook a Mark Stoops coach team. He's just too good yeah. of a coach. He, he is. I mean, he get, he's a little underrated, especially considering he's not like pulling, you know, these insane recruits. Their NIL funding is. I mean, like, he's like, recruiting he's pretty well for got, Kentucky. He still can do decent. Like, sure, I get it. He's like, you know, barely above 500 in his career, but look at what he's working with. And again, the schedule. All their, mo- all their money goes to basketball. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, that's why you're seeing, you know, top classes every single season. I mean, when yeah, you see Rob Dillingham and DJ Wagner, both freshmen on your team, it says a lot. Think, I don't think people get how expensive basketball recruits are. Honestly, it's more expensive than football because it's well, per player, know. and the player is small. They're, they're yeah, less players. players. Yeah, I, 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 I knew they were more expensive, but George is buying, currently buying a class with some leftover football money. Y'all probably get to get Duran, <sighs> Darion Reed, Duran Reed, Duran Reed, the five star guy. He's good. Like it's between us yeah. and y'all. I think y'all get him, but he's he's from Augusta. Yeah, that's why I'm thinking like he's a home. He's a relatively yeah. Bid, so I think y'all got the edge there. But but still. I I'm I'm learning how expensive basketball recruits are now. I kind of knew with Anthony Edwards, but you know that was before nil was legal. Yeah. yeah. But man, can you imagine if Anthony Edwards was like recruiting now for Georgia? Like, especially without the NIL now. Oh, I'll tell you. So here's what I'll say: to get Asa Noel, is that how you say it? Noel, the guy we have coming. Oh, yes, we had to offer him this plus more, the same offer we had given Jeremiah Smith over the summer. You know, plus more. Jeez, just saying, a lot of money. Well, that is a lot, <laughs> but um, I think it's more than a lot. Gist is about like is going back to Louisville here. I think that the few weaknesses that they have on their team, because again, they are a really good team. I, I I don't think that this loss is fully indicative of where they're at. Will this team be better but, with Malik Cunningham? Yes. Family, oh yeah, and there would be not a loss on the schedule. They'd be twelve and zero. Uh, in the rain, they probably would have still lost a pit. I don't know. I think mm. they handle it if he got because I mean, 
Plummer is not good. Like outside, if you gave them a different quarterback, you know, maybe another receiver. I'll say this. That's really about it. I'll also say this. 2021 Malik Cunningham. I don't know how good of a fit Malik Cunningham is in Braun's offense. I know Jack Plummer can is, run that offense. Yeah, that is true. By the way, you know Jack, Jack Plummer started his career at Purdue. Hmm. Wait, and y'all know how like Miami fans are, have like typically made the narrative of if we – Oh, have, let's, let's go to this game. We'll go in a second, yeah. But you know how they said if we have a better quarterback, then we're like a 10-plus win team? You don't have the I receivers. Louisville is. That's what Louisville is. Louisville is uh, the team that they're like going crazy if they have a better quarterback. If Miami had a good quarterback, they'd be it'd still be better, but they wouldn't be 10. I'd say they're like nine win. Like you don't lose to tech. And no. You, you so lose- Mario will have a retard game. Okay, you probably maybe. still you probably still lose to North Carolina just because Drake May was not being stopped that day. And then I think you this- beat one of North Carolina or, or Florida State or Florida State. Yeah. One of the two. Depending uh, on who else is on the schedule. Mario. Uh, I'm not thinking about it. Did they play? Um, They played one other pretty good ranked team. They beat I'm, Clemson. Clemson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they lost to NC State. That's who it was. Yeah. I feel like that's a team you could potentially beat. Because NC State, underrated team. We'll get to that later. But with Miami, um. Few things we and saw. And they'll have MJ Morris for the whole season next year. Mm. They'll be scary. But Miami, Parrish, and uh, and uh, Fletcher, both those guys at running back. I mean, they, they really are a talented duo. Their running game is great. People realize that Miami has like a top fifteen line in the league and a pretty damn good running core. It, it's it's same similar to Louisville. They don't have the um the personnel at QB and frankly I would argue they're compared to Louisville they're a bit worse at secondary but and it's not the, the world because they do have Cam Kitches which is a pretty big leader there they have good safeties which makes up for a lot of stuff it's just their corners and because their linebackers are good enough their wide receivers get open but I think that's more Sharon Sharon Dawson that's his name, I, right? You got, yeah, you got George and you got um, Restrepo. But the thing but, is, uh, they get I schemed think, up. Yeah, I it's, think it's mostly scheming, schemed up. It's scheming a lot that goes with it. But I'd also argue you don't have a big receiver. You just have a bunch of the same guy. And I think that yeah, you have a bunch of a problem. Five eleven slot guys. Yep, bingo. And yeah. that can sometimes not work. <laughs> but. Overall, the game was pretty stereotypical. Miami scored a decent bit on a depleted Boston College defense. You know, uh, Castellanos may not have beat him with their arm, but he ran like 100-plus yards and a touchdown, so he was definitely there. He also made a pretty good bit of plays extending it with his legs. So nothing Miami, really about this game was Miami fine. finally out-talented a team. Yeah. Let's just – Let's just say it how it is. They finally did what they were supposed yeah, to do. They got all season, which is better than Florida, so good job. But They were 7-5, right? Yeah. They were fans. Hold on, I mean, this hold didn't on, change on, them making bowl, but still, just because Luke, the season's over. Can, I make, can, a, like, you know, can I make a statement real quick? Yeah. No. Florida just basically had a repeat of last year 
they beat South Carolina what, or by a blowout or a miracle, and you lose the rest of your games, and you don't make a bowl. Right? Like you have a That's record. basically it. Yeah. If you were five and Last two after the South Carolina game, and you got a huge win on the road, and you lose the rest of your games. So that? speaking of South Carolina. Yeah, we'll we go, go into that game. Um, you know what? What as per tradition, T Mac has got the spotlight. Uh, should I start on offense or defense? Uh, uh your call. Your call. Defense. All right, I'll start on the on the positive. Defense was phenomenal. Clayton yes. White, you have earned yourself another year on this job. Hopefully, that was your decision to switch to a three-three-five. If it was. Good job, buddy. You get you can keep your job. Um, I have a stat. Okay, one thing. One thing about his switch: Clemson on the road plays terrible on offense. One thing about the switch, though, is he didn't run a real three-three-five. That is true. You got he he kind of ran a three, three and a half, four and a half. That is true. I did see that a little. Which is much better than the three. It was a Cowboys style defense where, like, you're bringing your linebacker. Yeah, you're bringing your linebacker up as a fourth D lineman, and you have a safety that's fat in the box. That's running. That's covering a bunch of hook curls, and he's covering the DQ Smith three. It. I think, yeah, like Luke said, I think he watched Cowboys film and just said, hey, this works. Yeah. Um, but I will say, you got to give credit to, you got to give as much credit to the defense as you can possible. The past three games, they've been straight locked down. It is. And here's a stat um, from my boy Rob um, Clemson did not have a single play in the red zone until a minute 30 left in the game, and they were just running down the clock. That's a good thing and a bad thing. Good thing is that defense stepped up, did what they were supposed to do. That was a defense. We should have won that game with our defense playing like that. Bad right. thing is that you didn't win the game. Offense provided nothing. Literally Would you nothing? T Mac, I have a question for you. Would you I believe think, me if I told you Spencer Rattler was only sacked two times? I actually would. Because he was running for his life a lot. Dude, and, it seemed like more than that. Oh, trust me, it did too. I was at the game. Um, Rattler, Rattler can escape, can get out of the pocket. A lot of our plays are like, you know, rollouts. So. And, and then I didn't see the pick. How bad was it? The pick, it was the... The, all right. Did you the first our first three offensive plays? Two of them were turnovers. One of them resulted in, in a touchdown. Um, oh, it's Xavier Leggett fumble. How the yeah? F- that that was a questionable forward pass. I I mean I think it was a backwards pass. I think that was a good call. And then second play, right? It was it was a it was a pretty bad pick. I'm not gonna lie. It was a good play by the, the defender, but. It was more. It was like a double post um, with Amari and Brown going more to the sideline. Like get more. Why are you running double post with no? Uh, never mind. Sorry, I'm not going to comment on the play call. Um, Leggett was supposed to. Be, it was, was supposed to have a deeper um route going more towards the end zone. Amari and Brown was supposed to be going more towards the sideline. Amari was wide open. Tyler could have hit him on the sideline. 
he tried to hit Leggetto more to the side, trying to go more towards the Mario Brown for some. It's it was confusing. He should have led Leggetto more deep, but it was intercepted by the same guy who got the season score. And then our own our what? T Mac, honest question here. After this season, considering like we we will all admit most South Carolina fans had higher expectations for where the season was going to go. Yeah. Do you still think that? And this isn't me like trying to mess with you. Do you still think that Beamer is the guy? Like this is the yeah. guy for the program. Yes. 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 He wants to be here. And keep in mind, you got yeah. You guys got to keep Warnings, in mind. Wanting this to is, be at South Carolina is a plus. Exactly. That is true. Also, he's inheriting a program that had six wins in the last two years before he got here. He, the, he also hasn't even gotten to his his first senior, like his first real senior class yet. He also isn't. Will I will say it? though, a a bad a negative with Shane Beamer is that he's trying to be too. Hires. And also, yeah. yeah, literally, he's trying to be too cute with um, coordinator. Just go get the right guy. Transition. Another great transition here. Speaking of what you don't, you still want to keep talking about the game? Yeah. Uh, What else is there to talk about? Can we get play bad? I just need to cope with the fact that game got the ball. Dog, at at the end of the day, you just got to realize that that this just was not your season. Basketball started. That's what I said. You got women's basketball. Hey, y'all see my picture? Y'all see my picture? Um, do you want to get Virginia Tech, Virginia out of the way real quick? Uh, drone strike, get your completion percentage up. If you do, you're a good Virginia finally had their th- actual game of why we're this record. Virginia Tech arguably had one of their best games of the season. Their offense looked outstanding. Nothing else said. Now, I was going to say about the South Carolina game, speaking of – low-scoring heartbreakers. Let's go into the Egg Bowl because I'm going to be completely honest to the one state fan that listens to this podcast. You should be so thankful that you lost this game because losing this game got you the Oklahoma OC. That did wonders. All right, and for those of you that are about to be like, oh, Oklahoma didn't have a good this year. Oklahoma didn't have good wide receivers this year. Like yeah, really what he was able to accomplish with that wide receiving core is pretty impressive. Like yeah. those wide receivers aren't good. And you all gotta understand. Like that is a higher and a half. Like so many people were downplaying what y'all are gonna get. I even heard a few people saying that notorious intern Greg Knox would actually take over. Oh no, he has he brought all Bryles on the field. Oh no, who gives a fuck? He scores but points. I'm gonna mention this. Like, I will admit that it's rivalry week. I get it. Most teams weren't playing that well, especially the ones on the road against a inferior team. But if there's one thing that made me upset about this game, or rather mad, why in the hell was Jackson Dart acting like he did something? He was one of the main people trash talking state. You threw less than a hundred yards versus one of the worst secondaries in this conference. You played horrible. The only reason you even scored was because Quinchon Judkins had a career ass game. You played like ass. This is literally hold on, Luke. I'm sorry to read. I'll go back to the South Carolina game. But this is literally the same thing K Club would do. K 
Kate Clemmer literally got outplayed by Spencer Rattler in Spencer Rattler's worst career game. Yes. With a and Kate had a better, way better rushing attack, way better offensive line. Like Kate had everything. Yeah. Besides receiver play, obviously. And also yeah. had Clemson no doesn't have those. No. And keeping South that above Carolina the had, South Carolina this year had eleven offensive line injured. Jesus Christ. They also had the carry on joiner as an RB one. Which no offense to carry on. I love that guy. He's one of my favorite. Mario, they, oh. Mario got concussed during the game. I mean, there's a lot of things to not but, go right for South Carolina. Looking, I'm gonna be real. Looking at the the state game, the thing about this that I just was like, besides you know the trash talk from Dart that that pissed me off a lot, was this game looks entirely differently if simply Will Rogers had a few more games of preparation. Because he, you could tell that dude was not ready to be on the field. He was overthrowing five yard out routes, checkdowns, fades, like all these routes that he ninety percent of the time hits. He just was overthrowing the shit out of them. I think his shoulders cooked. Yeah, think? I think he doesn't have a shoulder anymore. And I'm gonna be completely real. From watching this guy for about from 2020 when he took over from Costello all the way till now, I can tell you so many people programs from all over the country so many fan bases are all saying we want rogers i'm going to give you my honest take on that if you want a dual threat or not even dual threat if you want a quarterback who can at least run the ball a tiny bit you do not want rogers and that's not even close I if you run the air raid you won't yeah. will rogers. yes yeah that's like I'm, I'm seeing him going to western kentucky or something because will rogers is one of the most feeble scared quarterbacks i've ever seen Anytime he has to move outside of the pocket, he refuses to run. Oh, but if you give him three seconds in that pocket, baby, he's making an accurate pass. Mm. Like, but the thing you think, you have you have to have an air raid offense and one of the best offensive line in the country for to make him look good. Because I if you're asking him to move him a little bit, you will either take a sack or try to force a ball that shouldn't be thrown when he's That's at the line of scrimmage because he can't run. He literally is too scared to do it. Like when I tell you, when I when I, I'll tell you for real. When I saw him run in the end zone for a touchdown, which, by the way, poverty-ass call by Greg Knox. That should have been Mike Wright on the field, considering that's his literal thing. You should have had him there. You're risking Will Rogers even more injury. But the fact that Will Rogers ran that touchdown in, amazing. I couldn't believe it. It is revelation. My cousin, who goes to Mississippi State, she asked me if that was Will Rogers. Because she was like, it wasn't the other guy. Who was that? And I was yeah. like, that's Will Rogers. And she's like, no, it's not. You can't. It, it like, never she couldn't happens. believe it. She didn't Seeing believe it. Him run the ball is so rare. Like, I, I'm telling y'all, it yeah, is I was insane. Like, Wait, Will Rogers keeping draw? Yeah. Yeah. It was no, just wait. It was a read option, but he kept it. it was a re- yeah. It was, he, you he, never he see him keep it. it. He, ke- he kept a read option. Blah, blah, blah. He kept a read option. Only I still. couldn't believe it. And what's even funnier is the read option, the read he made wasn't even necessarily open. He still took it and kind of took a hit. Like I couldn't believe it when that happened. Yeah, he, he should have handed that off. Yeah. That but, the running back would have scored would have probably walked in, but he scored, so yeah, is what it is. But um Wait, no, they didn't make a few it more right. games left on the SEC side, because we'll save the ACC ones for later since most of these were pretty damn poverty. I'm gonna be real. First, um, LSU Texas A and M. First, good, first half game. is pretty damn close. Like, 
I was watching yeah, the game. And, was and then like, Malik's neighbors remembered how to catch. Yeah. Yeah. Because one of the reasons Texas A&M's offense put up 30 points, or what early, I shouldn't even say that, was looking really good in the first half. Is And they, I'm, I'm glad that RG3 finally, you know, showed why he played football and was a decent commentator for five seconds. He mentioned how the offense changed to where the receivers got more of a chance when they were running the style. Like, I'm not sure how to describe what they did, but what do y'all think the score around Stewart plays? What? What do y'all think the score is if Evan Stewart plays? I think maybe they score one more, but LSU still wins. I mean, at the end of the day, Daniel's stereotypical game. 235, 9.8 average, four touchdowns, 98 QBR. Like, I'm, I'm telling y'all, if he doesn't win the Heisman, it's a snub. He had 40 touchdowns. And, 40. and then like the only reason – total yards. And the, the only reason their yards. offense struggled against Florida State and Alabama is once again drops. Their wide receivers cannot catch the ball. Yeah. Like, LSU's, LSU's receivers are what people thought Florida State's receivers would be. Yeah. That's a hundred percent true. Like they're good, but they can make some some extreme, you know, fuck ups. So, I, I again impressed by Daniels. That was incredible. Um, we'll save the Alabama Auburn game for last. But uh, do y'all want to talk about the Tennessee Vanderbilt game? No, it was a cool fight. That's about it. Was there a fight? I didn't yeah. know that. I I didn't. Yeah, I mean. I don't think anyone watched this game. I'm gonna be real. I watched, I watched the video of the fight. Unless yeah, I was led astray, Here, Jason, let's go into the Jason had me under the impression that Nico would play essentially the whole game, and yet he got 12 passes, and Joe Milton basically took played majority, which confused the hell out of me because you're playing Vanderbilt at home. Like I, I was expecting, damn near nobody on the team in the starting lineup to be playing. And yet you gave up 24 points and that's not to say Tennessee sucks, but like, well, a lot of their players are coming back next year. So I kind of get why they played everybody, but I don't get why they played Joe Milton. Also interesting little thing. Ken seals is uh, transferring out of uh, Vanderbilt. So uh, he could be a great backup for a power five team. That's true. That is true. Yeah, but he's going to go to like Western Kentucky. Anyways, we can forget about this whole bullshit because let's be real. Nobody wants to talk about the game. Let's full screen it to Will and talk about Georgia and Georgia Tech. And before he says anything, I will mention there were a lot of starters out on Georgia. Like I know that Delt. That's not not even going to be the point I make. Delt played instead of Bowers. I think uh, Rosamy Jack Saint didn't play. But he played a little bit. Again, raw, 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 raw didn't play. Lad McConkey didn't play. And but the thing is, Tate the defense, Rattling I think, had most of their starters, and they still gave up 23, which is where I'm like, hmm. They didn't care. I'm, give me, but explain. Let's let's go look at this drive chart real quick. How, why won't this load? So the point I'm going to make here is – Georgia Tech scored two touchdowns. Both those touchdowns came off of turnovers. Those two turnovers were also the only two drives Georgia did not score points on. Georgia had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven offensive drives. They scored 31 points. 
That's five scores on five of their seven drives. They didn't care about this game. Please tell me, if you only run seven drives in a football game, you're just trying to go home. And thank you, Georgia Tech, for cooperating and doing the same thing because I think they only had nine. So great game where Georgia Tech was – the game plan was don't get blown out. And Georgia's game plan was to not get anybody hurt. Very well execution of the game plan by both teams. See you in Athens next year, Tech. Bunch of nerds. Lose by 40. Engineering school. If I stayed in Atlanta instead of moving to Tampa, that may have been where I went to school. And I would have been, you know, a yellow jacket. But anyways, um, we'll go into the rest of the ACC games. I'm going to be real. There were not that many good ones. Like uh, Duke beat Pitt. Yeah. To do. Good job. All right. All right, Pitt. You really just lost to Duke without any of their players. I mean, Duke. How do you feel about that? Nobody. <laughs> How do you feel about that? And then, and of course, Elko is probably going to uh, A&M, which scares the shit out of me because now A&M has both a good recruiter and an actually good coach. So, Dude, I thought, I was like, oh, they're not actually hiring Mark Stoops. They're going to promote E-Rob. They're going to be sucky again. And then they just I, hire a good coach. I'm just like, fuck. Because I was thinking they would get Elko, but I was then thinking, well, I don't think Elko would leave Duke because of the program he's trying to build, but he did. No, he's so, leaving Duke. You leave it, Duke for AM nine out of ten times. I will say we'll see, the, the one what I know. read about the story, the reason Stoops didn't go is basically they had a finalized contract and everything was set up, but then it got leaked on Wednesday that like he was going to sign as the new head coach and so many like fans and board of directors came out and said what the fuck what, what are we doing why are we hiring stoops this is bad and then of course they basically had to silently that. tell stoops yeah uh we're not actually hiring you sorry about that buddy and then he's gonna have to go back to kentucky and be like oh i mean i, I did want to stay here <laughs> I, I love Kentucky. <laughs> yeah, he, he wants to stay there until Kirk Ferentz retires and he just goes to Iowa. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah I, feel, I feel a little awkward about that. But the game, Duke, whatever. I don't care. Um, Syracuse, Wake Forest, congratulations, Syracuse. Even though you barely won, you got bowl eligibility without your head coach that you fired. Um, more than real. Firing your head. Coach You're also out of you and Wake Forest are both out of players for different yeah. reasons. So good injuries, job. injuries, injuries. No surprise. All of Wake Forest's players are in the portal. Nobody gives a shit about that game. Now a game I actually can talk about and find interesting. NC State and UNC. First off, Henry, good job. You called it. Going to be the best receiver in a few years. Yeah. Okay. We we can accept conception. He he's going to be conception. is going to be on a different team next year. That he's going well, maybe, but he's still going to be good regardless wherever he's at. But the main thing that stood out to me was Drake May. Congratulations, you may have just really bumped yourself out of the first round. No, I'm playing. You are the fraud of the year. He definitely bumped his draft stock a little bit down because that was bad. Like most people will say, well, 22 for 38, 254, two touchdowns, two picks. I'm not awful. I'm telling you, it down. is way worse than it looks on paper. He started like Drake May, three yards. He played a terrible game. 
The only thing that was impressive was he rushed for 100 yards and a touchdown, and he was the leading rusher by 80 yards. That is the only thing about this whole game that was even a little bit surprising. Now, I, I, I'm not really too sure. I mean, there, there was a fumble, my May. He had two picks, so he was turnover machine. Call him Desmond Ritter, but dog just – that was bad. And NC State, I mean, I'll admit, NC State, every time I watch them, I'm like, this really is a good-ass team. I mean, defense so look good. at it. So they ended up 9-3. and three. They beat North Carolina. They beat Miami. They beat Clemson, even though, granted, Clemson was close. They still beat them. And they barely lost to Louisville, even though it was 13-10, and 10, which is a little weird game. But they're a good-ass team. Their only bad loss was by 20-something to Notre Dame. But being real, if they play Notre Dame later in the season, I think NC State wins. I think that was strictly because of just when the game was played that fucked them. If so, they played Notre Dame with MJ Morris, they would win. They would not win with Brennan Armstrong. Also true, because MJ Morris, like... It just didn't bite Brennan Armstrong in this game, chucking it up to his first read, because in North Carolina does have the ability to double cover good wide receivers. Yeah. And y'all have anything else about that game? That was like... Uh, What I'll say about the ACC this year is a bunch of good, nothing great. I'm sorry, Pittsburgh and Wake Forest. You're the only two teams I got wrong this year. You both are garbage. All right. We're good. All right. It is finally time for the Milrow miracle. This was definitely one of the games of all time. And I will start by saying to all the Auburn fans who are trying to call OPI, that is such cope. That is is such cope. Okay. You had eight corners in the end zone, and you gave up a touchdown. It was OPI, but how do you – Dude, a love tap off a – like, first off, the first thing that pissed me off was – They never call OPI. It Why doesn't do you leave get called. Your fastest receiver in a one-on-one and let him go to the corner like that. I mean, you have eight people down there. So the thought is when they call, when you call that play, let's you leave your corners on the outside. So and you double team everybody in the middle. So that way, when somebody runs a corner route or they run an out route or they run. Just anything to the outside and corner of the end zone, your your corners can push that guy and force that guy to the sideline, and they don't have to use a double team to help with that because the sideline is essentially your second guy doubling the receiver. And so that corner went way too far inside, so he wasn't able to force Isaiah Bond to uh, the sideline. Yeah. So that's what happened on that play. I just like I'm still pissed off because look, Hold it on. was so bad that every single goal from the 31. No, every single group chat, message board, fucking call people in my in my house, everybody was saying the game's over. Auburn got the upset. Literally, there was not one person who thought Alabama had a sliver of hope. And awesome. that happened. Awesome. I mean, you I just 
You cannot write that shit. You can't. I'm not. That was probably, and that will go down as the best thrill Milrow will ever make in his career. Not just in college, ever. That is the best throw he will ever make. And it happened in the most important part of the game. The most important play of the game. The most important part of the game. Fourth and goal from your own 31. I mean, that just... win. They're like all the Auburn fans trying to cope and say OPI. The love tap to get him open was not enough to warrant that. And even hey, so, I want you to say your corner not to be a retard, buddy. Yeah, because like, if you look at the push at right after he pushed, the corner took a second before realizing the ball was going his way because he didn't think the ball was going there. He so just was standing there thinking the play is, was given up. If this is then, is the remote. Is the sideline? Is this the hash mark? He's not supposed to go past the hash mark right here, even in the end zone. And Buddy was like all the way over here. What are you doing? You're giving it's, him way too much space. It, it, I couldn't believe. Like that is just incompetency upon incompetency. And just, why? Why would you spy Milrow with 31 yards to go? He's not gonna run. And and he yeah, he's a good runner. You have a guy standing in the end zone. Yes, you would. Rush it's impossible for him to do that. Also, you, I want to say, I want to say, my score prediction was exactly on the dot. Was it twenty-seven twenty-four? I think I said twenty-seven twenty-four. If not, I know what. Go to the tape. Three. Pull up the video. Go to Spotify. Because I, I think we talked about that game like either last or first. I know it. I don't remember what I said for the score, but, but I know I said. Bama. Can you confirm that I that I said that Bama was going to win a close one? Well, that's pretty vague. Anybody could have said Bama would win a close one. I think everyone said Bama was going to win a close one. Yeah, that, no, that's not people, impressive. I'd be impressed if you got close. the score. If you got the score, that's completely different. A score is comp- like you. It's very easy to predict how a game will go. But hitting the score on the money, that's pretty hard. ridiculous. <laughs> Which is why I'm saying if you just said Bama would win the close one, I'm pretty sure 95% of America thought the same thing. <laughs> like That's kind of how the Iron Bowl goes. If Alabama is that much better than Auburn, they'll win in the close one because it's a rivalry game and this always happens. All right, I'm watching it on two-time speed with close catch. Turn it up, turn it up. Because no, you, know you know when – we either talked about it at the beginning – or the end. I don't remember which. I would check, but my phone is nearly dead, and I don't want to go to my charger. So, oh, I asked one of the guys uh, in the group like, to do it because it, there's a 126. Is it? It was, it's an hour and 26 long episode. 26 minutes. Also, if anybody wants any nostalgia, because I found this in my room a few days ago, which I'm super happy about, the Nintendo 3DS was some of the peak that was content. The, that was the greatest. Like, that's so good. This thing is fantastic. Like, playing Super Mario World 3D on the Nintendo 3DS is just... That's some pretty damn good fun right there. So, I hope I hope people had this to experience in their childhood because it's awesome. I did. But I still play hard and gold on this pretty often. So... I'm pretty happy about finding this. But Where did you find it? Uh in my closet when I was doing some cleaning. Found it, found a bunch of the games. So 
I'm bringing this back to college and I'm playing with it because I do not care. Nostalgia beats everything. Like, um, that's a good take. But last thing, since we did talk about it last episode, we might as well talk about it here. The game. Ohio State versus Michigan. Look, uh, first, Wilson, I know at least I got generally the prediction right, which was I also said Michigan would win in like a one-score game. I think a lot of people were – I mean, if you said more than a two-score game, you were kind of delusional. Yeah, because it was going to be close, but almost nothing surprised me about this game. Ryan Day blender, you know, uh, McCord played pretty bad. I would argue that was really the reason they lost. Ryan Day wasn't awful. I actually thought he coached it quite fine. They're overreacting a bit. Ohio, Ohio State outgained Michigan on a per-play basis. Yeah, like it was just – I just think it was McCord not being the guy combined with Michigan just being a great team. Can, I tell, you what is. Can I tell you a hot take? Go for it. Oregon's better may not, but Blake Corum is not the best, not the best running back in college football, and he may not even be like top five. Nobody ever said he was the best. If it, right at the no. moment, it's at the moment, my best running backs are either the guy from Oklahoma State, which I think is Ollie Gordon, Omari, or the guy from Texas Tech, because the guy from Texas Tech, Taj Brooks, oh, like Taj that Brooks. guy is a beast. But yeah, Corum is a fraudulent running. They got yeah. like 20 of his um rushing touchdowns are from five yards or fewer. Yep. Like that is, is not, I'm, I haven't been impressed. Same with Donovan Edwards. Stuff, I agree. Same with Donovan Edwards. Donovan Edwards is a fraud. It's just scheming. It is just scheming. Oh, Will Stein is probably going to Houston. Last question before we close it out. Oregon offensive coordinator. Oh, what happened? Screw what the happened to Oregon OC? banning those jerseys. Will, what happened to the Oregon OC? Stein going to Houston. Oh, Oregon OC to Houston, I think. That's a good hire. Don't hold me to that. But point is, one final question before we close it out. Was it a catch? On the McCarthy dime, was that a catch? Uh, or, you know, I won't even say that. We'll say, do you think Stans was the right call? Stans was the right call. I I have not made up my mind on whether it's a catch or not. I, I think from what I've seen about control, it's a, it's a good argument. I you can yeah. I think you can make the argument that it was not a catch, but from the evidence we were given and the call that was made on the field, yeah, letting it, it stand, one of those, I feel like was the right decision. It was one of those moments where you had to just go with the call on the field. Yeah, exactly. And I think that was the right play there. It made sense. It was going to stand regardless. Yeah, it made sense. It was a if it's a catch or not, we have to give JJ McCarthy credit on that throw. Yeah, that was like one of the best throws I've seen this year. Oh, the, he he threw an absolute dime. I mean, it between two defenders, bullet pass. I mean, that just that if you wanted a throw that starts to get your draft stock up, that throw alone moved him up oh, a few. Roman picks. Wilson, you're not that guy, buddy. You're not that guy. You're not that guy, pal. Trust me. You're not that guy. Uh, Adunze clears. Uh, Worthy clears. Coleman clears. There are a few other receivers I'd argue clear. Like MHJ clears. But anyways, um, 
that's going to do it for the episode. As always, we don't know ball. You also don't know ball because let's be real. None of us no, know this shit at this point. It's all fucked up. All we got uh, in this ball is Alex Smith. Yeah. There we go. But appreciate y'all tuning in. Make sure you tune in next week so the Florida fans can be back and shit on FSU since there's, you know, nothing left to talk about them for this since their season's over. And uh, as always, uh, have a good one. No. See you guys. I won't have a good one. Okay, Klemnik, you suck. Why is the thing still live? I don't know. Hey, T-Mac. Hold on. Is this thing actually still live? Yeah. I'm going to be real. I left the episode early instead of just stopping the stream. So, uh, good shit.